1: Welcome to r nuclear revenge where this previously innocent man turns into a vigilante after horrible crimes are committed against his wife and daughter Over the next few years he kills over 50 criminals in revenge with the support of his country here we go the tale of the brazilian punisher Francisco Vital da Silva was born in the backlands of Bahia and like many northeasterners migrated to Sao Paulo in search of better living conditions Together with his family, he went to live in Itam Paulista in the violent east side of Sao Paulo Working as a bricklayer, Vital set up a bar The establishment though was constantly robbed and vandalized by criminals Tired of that extortion, Chico began to retaliate against abuse and put undesirable people out of his business Always armed with a knife for self protection, he ended up arousing the rage of many dangerous guys. One day, they broke into his house and R worded his wife and 16 year old daughter. Chico, disgusted with these criminals, bought some weapons and went after revenge. He ended up killing those guys and left a very clear message if the police don't act, I'll take action. Thus, Francisco Vital da Silva, a merchant from Bahia, became Chico Pei de Pato, a vigilante who hunted outlaws in the Eastern region of Greater Sao Paulo. Chico's fame grew considerably. The police gave him the names of criminals wanted by justice and he executed them and began to be seen by the population as a great hero, a vigilante who replaced the terrible justice that the state always put on the poorer classes. In the mid 1980s, the police were ordered to kill criminals in the outskirts of the city. Chico did much of the work, he was even called on by the population more than the rota battalion itself Pedro pato's fame grew so much that the famous newspaper noticias populares made a series of reports to talk about his efforts against criminals which got the admiration of people from all over the state of sao paulo in addition to also gaining popularity and appearing in the stories of broadcaster Afanasio jazidi a kind of detainer of the 80s chico's fate would change after an argument in a bar when, while drawing his gun to retaliate, he killed a plainclothes military policeman. Upon learning that the victim was a police officer, Pé the Pato already knew that he would not have much time to live, as he already knew the law of the streets: You cannot kill a police officer and go unpunished. Shortly after the crime, Chico fled in his Opala and was considered wanted by the military police. The ROTA was responsible for hunting the vigilante, who, upon contacting Afanasio Jezaji, managed to surrender himself to the DEIC. On the day of his arrest, more than 500 people were at the door of the police station asking for his release. A petition was made, but it was no use. Chico was tried and sentenced to six years in prison, a considerably short time for the amount of homicides he carried out. The low sentence was probably the result of pressure from the 2,000 people who were at the door of the forum on the day of the trial. Pé Pato was transferred to a penitentiary, where, because he was hated by many criminals and the police, he was killed with 91 stab wounds. The police force was afraid that Pedopato would open his mouth about the punishments he committed doing in favor of the policemen. The bandits had a matter of honor to settle with so as expected he didn't last long inside the prison system So there we go a pretty incredible story to start off today's episode. This is a true story It did actually happen back in the 1980s and um, yeah It's pretty crazy a vigilante taking criminal matters into his own hands because the police pretty much weren't capable Let me know down below in the comments. What do you think of this man? Do you think he was in the right or the wrong because ultimately he did kill over 50 people? unlawfully because obviously you can't do that Yes, the police asked him to do it and encouraged him to do it But it was still illegal and that's why he went to prison Let me know Do you think he was in the right for doing all that stuff or in the wrong? you got to remember what he went through himself his own wife and daughter getting r-worded by criminals And that is what set this entire thing off. So yeah, get down in the comments. I want to hear your thoughts Sometimes I wonder what kind of person i'd be if i'd never been medicated at all six-year-old girl gets revenge on a bully I'll be honest here, sometimes I think about the time I got revenge on my childhood bully. For context, I was still in the trial phase of searching for the right ADHD medication. I was six years old at the time of the story and outside of my parents and my daycare and elementary teachers, no one else has heard this before. There was a girl who had just moved to the area and was only there while her dad was stationed at the army camp, base or whatever you wanna call it. She was an aggressive, most likely angsty, angry teen who was tired of moving every two to three years. I see that now as an adult. I'm 22, so this was about 15-ish years ago. Anyways, I had to sit at the very front of the bus because I had a severe peanut allergy. This girl, we'll call her Kendra, partly for anonymity, partly because I can't remember her name now, had gotten into some serious trouble and was also forced to sit at the front with me for the next two weeks. Each day, she would take my backpack and throw it on the ground, stomping on it and getting it covered in mud before she'd shove me into the wall and sit on me. Keep in mind, she was a rather heavy set 13, 14-year-old, and I was a six-year-old who weighed maybe 30 pounds soaking wet. I was incredibly tiny, thanks IBS, and she would use that to her advantage. We had folders called moose books and she on a few occasions took my homework and notes out And ripped them up or crumpled them so that I couldn't write well on them Which led to me having to pull my card two times one particular day She saw that I'd just gotten a new pair of glasses some really cool early naughty sunglasses She took them off my face and snapped them in half before resuming her regularly scheduled crushing me against the window session I was sobbing in pain and absolutely terrified the bus was so loud i couldn't be heard over the noise the next afternoon i decided well maybe that's a strong word to get revenge i sucked bruises like hickeys into my own skin on my arms mainly i also bit myself hard enough to bruise for good measure when i got off the bus at my after-school daycare again after being hurt but not like what i'd done to myself my teacher freaked out. I told my teachers that my bully had been biting me and punching me, hence the bruises. They ended up calling my parents, who then called the school. My bully ended up having to change bus routes and I also got in trouble, but only for lying. They reviewed the camera footage and saw everything but the part I'd lied about, obviously. The thing is though, I didn't feel remorse until I got into trouble myself. Only then did I feel bad. I feel like I could have handled it better, but hey, not bad for a six-year-old, right? Uh, sorry. No, you handled this literally perfectly and the fact that you did this at six years old is stunning genuinely I don't think I would have been able to come up with such a good plan at that age In fact, I know I would not have been able to now Some of you might be thinking there was no need to go to that extent of actually giving yourself bruises and biting yourself And I I agree. It's a little bit far but realistically you have to think about the context of this moment would the teachers and you know maybe principal at the school have really believed a six-year-old over a 13 to 14 year old maybe Potentially, but you don't necessarily know that so this six-year-old op had to really sell it And if you see bruises and bite marks on a six-year-old kid Then at that point you really are going to believe them and that is what happened Moral of the story if you are getting bullied and trust me on this one You have to go and tell somebody now i'm fortunate enough to have never really been bullied in school I got quite lucky there But for a brief period of time in elementary school primary school in the uk I was slightly bullied I guess but so was everyone else to be fair There was this one horrible kid in our primary school When we're about maybe six or seven or five years old who was just terrible to everyone And I remember I told my dad and my dad sorted it and it was unbelievable. So there you go Moral of the story is if you are getting bullied do actually tell somebody trust me The consequences of telling someone however bad they may feel or seem in your head are way better than continuing to get bullied Trust me on that one dealing with an entitled neighbor Just flipping through a few stories and reading about entitled drivers getting their just desserts This made me think back to my days as a paramedic We got a call to a house where there was a bariatric patient who had fallen. The patient was morbidly obese and weighed around 30 stone, 420 pounds. This story isn't really about them though. There are many reasons people get to this size and I've never judged only helped. but no, The problem here was a really arrogant neighbour that we'd come across before. And boy, was this chap a judgmental moron. Our patient had a car and had a disabled parking permit. They also had a council designated disabled parking spot outside their home, which the neighbour kept parking in. There have been a number of letters from the council regarding this, and a number of parking fines just served to annoy this chap even more. On the day of the story, I took the call that the patient had fallen and we went to the house. Sure enough, The neighbor was not only parked in the disabled spot, but parked a second car blocking access to the patient's driveway. I assessed the patient and suspected they'd broken a hip, so I needed to go in. I sent my colleague round to the neighbor to ask them to move the cars. And when they came back, I was told the neighbor had just told my colleague to do one. No problem, time to get the message home. I radioed through to our control center and asked for the fire service and police we needed the fire service to help lift the guy and the police to do a little parking control the fire service were the first to arrive and i spoke to the crew commander to let them know what the situation was a fireman went to the house to ask the neighbor to move the car again and was told the same as my colleague the message was relayed back and the watch commander just asked me one question is the patient's life at risk I knew exactly where this was going and it was time our thoughtless neighbor got the message. My answer was, yes, there is equipment I need to get into the house and the driveway is blocked, preventing me from doing so. The watch commander told the fire truck driver to move those vehicles. It was really satisfying to see both vehicles being pushed down the road by the fire service and the look on the neighbor's face as he came out spitting and screaming was well worth seeing. His complaints to the police fell on deaf ears. They were well aware of his history of obstruction and my clinical assessment that the patient's life was in danger Was more than enough justification for the vehicles to be moved I doubt it made our patient's life any easier and sadly they died a few months later without leaving hospital But it really did bring a smile to their face as we wheeled them out honestly what sort of person do you have to be to first of all say no to a paramedic when they're asking you to move their car then on top of that say no to a firefighter demanding the exact same thing i'm sorry first of all that should be illegal second of all this was completely justified and third of all the neighbor should have died and not this unfortunate man i'm sorry but this guy is an absolute disgrace and he deserved way more than just his cars getting moved now this next story of revenge is quite possibly the most embarrassing i've ever read snobby cheater humiliated so in college there was a snobby guy named joey who thought very highly of himself just because he had rich parents he was the type of guy who broke up with a girl just because he found out she lived in a middle-class neighborhood and didn't wear the right name brands in fact he was so stuck up he thought he could juggle three girls at the same time and not get caught well he got caught all three girls learned what he was doing and conspired to get him back there was this big Halloween party at a sorority house, and they had a stupid tradition called a cockwalk, where lots of guys volunteered to get placed inside what were basically plexiglass cages, plexiglass boxes just big enough for one person to stand in, and get put on display for the party guests to look at and vote up or down. The winning guy with the most upvotes got a free phone. So, one of the three girls who Joey cheated on convinced him he had a very, very good chance of winning the cockwalk. And she told him how popular he was with the ladies and how everyone was hoping he would compete so they could vote him up. Joey was so convinced he had a great shot at winning the cockwalk, so he signed up. He even came dressed in a toga costume. That he'd spent like a thousand dollars on custom made for him you should have seen him at the party with his nose in the air thinking he was just the greatest thing ever well what he didn't know is that the three girls he was juggling had somehow managed to get word out to almost everyone at the party about joey and his snobby ways and his womanizing so when it came time for the cock walk he was locked inside one of the plexiglass cases and all the female guests lined up to walk past and vote up or down imagine joey's surprise when the first three girls in line were the three girls he was cheating on of course all three girls voted him down that was probably humiliating enough but then he had to stand there lock behind the glass and watch every girl at the party vote him down too girl after girl far past him including cheerleaders and sorority sisters and all the girls guys like to impress and they all cast their down votes. Many of them were making faces and gestures at him and laughing. Joey turned so bright red. He tried to get out of the box, but the door which was behind him was locked So he tried to bump his butt against the door over and over to jar it open But from the front that only made it look like he was humping up against the glass or something He was making himself look even more foolish and everyone was totally enjoying his comeuppance all the more He was left in the glass case as the winner was announced Which obviously wasn't him since he didn't get a single upvote and when he finally was let out Everyone was cheering and clapping while he walked out, believe it or not. He actually dropped out of college a few days later do you think it was because he didn't want to show his face around there anymore? I'm gonna go with yes. Can you imagine the embarrassment though? Put yourself in Joey's shoes. You think you're about to absolutely dominate this entire room filled with, let's be honest, probably pretty attractive women and then all of a sudden your entire world comes crashing down. Imagine the fear. The three girls that you're having relationships with without you thinking any of them knowing about each other standing at the front of the line. What a coincidence. Then those three walk past all downvote you as does everyone else in the room. Ah, oh, terrible experience but hey that is why you should never cheat you deserve this joey unbelievable revenge
0: hold up what was that
1: A classmate's mum tried to get me expelled for selling deadly drugs now they're being sued for embezzlement i picked up a few unsavory addictions in grade 10. cigarettes to benzodiazepines xanax to opioids oxycontin and percocet i was very depressed and i changed schools for my senior year to a smaller school where i knew most of the people I was trying to start new with old friends and new people well some rumors followed me i was still a heavy stoner and so were my friends at this school this got some unwanted attention some people just don't care to hide it it became problematic a few months into the school year when an anonymous letter was sent into the school claiming to be concerned for my well-being saying i was going to school high and smoking with my friends on breaks that's partly true i managed to avoid punishment because there wasn't anything to back it up And the principal and vp weren't happy about the anonymous bs then came a few more letters saying i was selling pills to younger kids pressuring them into taking them they claimed they had 12 plus kids parents on board to pull their kids if i wasn't expelled my parents were fuming some of my teachers started treating me differently kids i've been friends with distanced themselves it caused me to relapse hard and it ruined my grades i made it past it all I didn't get expelled and I passed my courses and I still have a few friends from that school now onto the culprits This lady she'd sent letters to kids. I knew saying everybody hated them. They should leave the school, etc We knew it was her in previous instances because of a whatsapp number She used to threaten someone and anonymous letters written in the same word style got attributed to her She is psycho always meddling even in her younger daughter's stuff who was 10 or 11 at the time Keeping her kids from hanging out with kids. She doesn't like or whose parents she doesn't like today I read an article about two years after the fact saying their non-profit is being sued by the province I live in for embezzlements. She's accused of stealing four million dollars through a few shell corporations Some bogus program. They literally sold to themselves through another company they own and some other stuff I don't want to get into I feel bad for the daughter. She was chill when we were younger but F her mum, I never did anything to hurt anybody at that school. I kept my head down and tried to deal with my demons and she didn't let me but karma got her butts So it's cool. Wow. I think that might be the first revenge story I've ever read in which opie themselves had no direct involvement to be fair No involvement at all in the revenge and it was karma only that made it happen I mean look fully deserved nonetheless But it's quite cool to see karma just come about on its own and um, yeah destroy this woman because she deserved it